0: And a very good day this is Pastor Mark Wheelan with my wife Catrice. Hi and this is Touch of God and welcome back this week everyone and we're going to continue on with focusing on the importance of being intimate with our Lord Jesus with Jesus being that true vine and us being the branch but we're going to be covering the overall foundation of this concept of being closer to our Lord and having a true relationship with the true vine this week. And so we're going to start off with Catrice and she has the message for you today. Amen. Amen. I'm
1: so glad to to be here. I'm just grateful to just be alive, to be in the presence of God and to partake of all of his benefits. This week was an interesting week. God just had me pondering just on his presence. And then I had a thought of what would it be like without God's presence, as I sat and I was just meditating on his goodness, the opposite came to mind. And sure, uh, most of you might think these are not good thoughts, but sometimes when we're without, it makes us appreciative of when we're doing good. You know, we can just praise the Lord all the more because we know what it's like to be without. We know what it's like to not be in his presence. So what is it like to be with God? It says in Proverbs 20, verse 24, man's steps are ordered by the Lord. How then can a man understand his way? So if God is ordering our steps, then it's not for us to know the plans that he has for us, because even in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says only God knows the plans that he has for us. And so at one point, we have to recognize that it is God who is in control. It is God who created us. It is God who is the Alpha and Omega, who is the beginning and the end. He is the author and the finisher. And when we give homage to him and we just have fear of the Lord, the Bible says it is the beginning of wisdom. And so as we go on our journey for wisdom today, I had a vision of what it would be like without the Lord. And as I was praying, I was praying in a quiet place and I had the lights off. And as I looked around, I was like, wow, this is so dark. And then as I just tilted at a certain angle, there was a small light in the distance and I was so happy to see that light. And as I pondered and I looked at that light, I just felt as if the Lord was saying, that's me. I am the light in the darkness." And when we we see that light, it's a guiding light. It's a light that reveals. It's a light that helps us see. It's a light that brings clarity. It's a light that being in the distance, it brings us hope. It lets us know as we continue to walk towards the light, we're going to be able to see more. We're going to be able to understand more. More will be revealed. Light brings direction. And when we think about all of these things and... It's eye opening because I could sit and I could meditate on where I'm sitting or where I was sitting and it was just completely dark. It opened up my eyes to so much and it made me realize there are people out there who are without God and it must be a desperate situation because as you look around in these times, you don't know where to go. You don't know what to do, but how great it is that there is a savior who thought about all of this in advance for you. And died for you and prepared a way for you he went before you in the land of the living he went to prepare a place for you and it can be for all who believe but you have to be offered right if we who do believe don't tell you you won't know and so we're just here to tell you how good God is and speaking of how good God is as I was praying and I was thinking about a life with God and a life without God, I thought about what good news it would be to bring the goodness of God and all the things that God has done for us. And so we're going to go to, of course, the Amplified Classic version, (laughs) Psalms 103. And we're going to go to verse three. And it says, who forgives everyone of all your iniquities, who heals each of All your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and corruption, who beautifies, dignifies, and crowns you with love and kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth, your necessity and desire at your personal age and situation with good so that your youth renewed is like the eagles, strong, overcoming, and soaring. The Lord executes righteousness and justice not for me only, but for all who are oppressed. He made known his way of righteousness and justice to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy and loving kindness. He will not always chide or be contending, neither will he keep his anger forever or hold a grudge. He has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great are his mercies and loving kindness towards those who reverently and worshipfully fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he. Removed our transgressions from us. How great and merciful and kind. And I didn't read the whole passage. I like to just leave a little bit for you to hunger and thirst after him, to look into that chapter. Again, that's Psalms 103. But God is gracious and he's merciful. And if you just don't know what it's like to want to be with the Lord, you definitely have to seek him and you will find him. If you just begin looking into the Word and just meditating on what would it be like with a life with God, it's just a small, small example of that. That's something that you definitely need to just dig into.
0: Amen. And so we just thank the Lord today for all His benefits, and we are not supposed to forget any of them. Amen. Why would you want to forget any benefit that the Lord has provided for us? Amen. Because if we don't know them, then we won't believe for them. So we have to know the truth. We have to know about the Lord's blessings. We have to know about what he's paid for, what he's done for for us, so that none of that suffering would be in vain that the Lord went through, and that you may live the life that he so preciously paid for you to live on this earth as it would have been in heaven. Amen. And while you're on this earth, you can tell people about Jesus and about all these benefits that you understand now, so that they may understand through your testimony, the goodness of God, the worthiness of the glory that he should be receiving from us in our testimonies. But let's today focus again and think about how good he is, because in order to trust in the Lord, we have to know that he is who he says he is. That we must trust in the word of God. And we must know, From example, from last week, we had Psalm chapter 119, verse 89, where he said that, Forever, O Lord, thy word is forever settled in heaven. That word settled means fixed. It's cannot be moved. It's immovable. It is final. Uh, there's no changes to it. God spoke it, and God doesn't make mistakes. So when God said something, He doesn't go back and correct anything because he's right the first time. So when he speaks his word, man records what he hears in his heart through the prophets by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, 2 Timothy 3.16. And so, Lord, we thank you today that your word is forever settled in heaven. We can trust in what your word says and we can seek you with all of our heart and trust that you will not change you're the same yesterday today and forever and that we can put our whole trust in you our heart into your word our heart into you and you would never leave us nor forsake us you will never let us down you've never let us down before you created us perfect lord out of our mother's womb you fearfully and wonderfully made us there And you knew us before the foundation of the earth. So we bless you today for your magnificent love in creating us, for us to share that love that you gave with us unto others that don't yet know you and don't yet know your love for them. In Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Amen. Pastor Mark, you brought up a really good point. That as we begin this journey, we have to believe that God is and and forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. But it all starts with believing upon him. Whosoever believes in him shall not perish, you know, and this is what he died for. So we have to begin our journey with believing. And I wanted to go to the Amplified Classic version of John 11, verse 25 to 26, where it's Jesus talking to Martha about Lazarus death and he says to Martha I am myself the resurrection and the life whoever believes in adheres to trusts in and relies on me although he may die he shall live and whoever continues to live and believes in has faith in cleaves to and relies on me shall never actually die at all do you believe this and so this is an entrance point what are we believing what are we trying to believe in who is God what is his benefits these are things that we just need to meditate on day and night in order to understand what it is that we are partakers of we're partakers of the divine nature of Jesus Christ, we walk in his characteristics. The Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. Even to listen to that statement, we have to know who Jesus is in this world to even become or begin our journey of walking in him. Just know, beloved, the doors are always open and you can always, there's always an entrance point. The time is never too short. Right now, we're going to move to John 15, which was touched upon in the previous conversation, and it's very important. In John 15, in the Amplified Classic version, it starts off with, I am the true vine. And so when we're looking at I am the true vine, it's talking about the Lord, and it's talking about what is true, what is a vine.
0: Amen. And who better to read John 15 verse 1 than Jesus himself? It's Jesus saying, I am the true vine. And it's great when God starts out with the words, I am, because I remember that's what the father was telling Moses at the burning bush. I am. It's I am. It's the great I am. Amen. And Jesus starts out with, I am the true vine. So let's look at the word true in the Greek, and because, why is it the Greek and not the Hebrew? Because the Greek is the language of the New Testament, and the Hebrew is the language of the Old Testament. So John 15 being in the New Testament, we're going to look in the Greek, and it's Strong's number G228 for Alethinos, and if you look at that, in what that Alethinos means, it means sterling, real, trustworthy true and unfeigned and when you look at unfeigned it means genuine and sincere so there's a lot of deep meaning to the word true it's not as simple as true isn't false it's truth of course it's true and not false but there is a meaning behind jesus saying the word true and it's his compassion and his heart behind it. He is trustworthy. He is genuine. He is sincere. He's real. He's sterling. He's Alethenos. And it's interesting that another brother in Christ had already mentioned this before, where he points out that Jesus would not have had to have said the word true vine if there wasn't false vines in the world, trying to imitate the true vine. So Jesus says, I am the true vine. Amen. So remember that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. He's the only way, the only truth, and the only life. So he's the only true vine, but he is the true, not a true vine, but the true vine. Just like he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's a true vine. And now we're going to dig a little further into the vine itself. Amen. So when
1: we examine the word vine, we look to the Greek and it says ampelos. That is the word. I'm probably butchering it, but that's okay. We can all look it up for ourselves and have fun pronouncing it. I'm sure you're right. (laughs) So in the Greek, the definition of vine, it focuses on the function of it which basically turns it into a verb, but it's also using it as a noun. So the grapevines function, grapevine roots system has four functions. While woody roots provide a physical anchor of the grapevine are responsible for the transport and storage of carbohydrates and nutrients for the next season's growth. Fine roots take up most of a vine's water and nutrients from the soil. So we see that there's multiple functions of the vine and it's covering everything to provide sustenance and maintaining a healthy life of that plant. And that's what God wants to do for us. He's watching over us and the Bible says that he will provide all of our needs according to his riches and glory. And that's what we want to look at, exactly what is the vine. And so we're going to look at the first function of the vine, which it says it's an anchor. And the definition of an anchor is a heavy object attached to a rope or a chain and used to moor a vessel to the sea bottom, typically one having a metal shank with a ring at one end for the rope and a pair of curved and or barbed flukes at the other. So when we think about an anchor, we think about a boat. And so when I think about a boat being anchored, that boat without an anchor would be moving. It would be bobbing up and down in the water. And when it's anchored, the anchor provides stability. It provides fortitude. It provides a place that's unwavering, a place that you can stand on without it moving like it would. And so... God wants to provide an anchor for us. He wants us to be stable and not double-minded.
0: That's true. That's, that's very good. And, you know, just imagining a boat bobbing up and down without an anchor, the other thing that happens to a boat when the anchor is not thrown overboard and digging into that seabed is the boat is at the mercy of the current. And so we, if we don't anchor ourselves in Christ— we are at the mercy of the world and our carnal thinking, and we are being conformed to the world, not being transformed by the renewing of our mind to the Word of God, according to Romans 12:2. But therefore, we are continuing in the wrong direction, being pulled by a fast-moving, strong current, which is the world. It's the enemy, the devil, trying to steer us towards continuing sickness, disease, death, and trying to keep us in that current that keeps us from the Lord or enticed in sin, temptations, and all those things that lure us away, and that's the thing that we have to really watch for. So how can we prevent ourselves from being steered by the current of this world? Well, we have to seek the Lord with all of our heart. We have to cling on. We have to drop anchor in Christ. Amen.
1: We all want to be stable, especially in these times where waters can be shaky. But when we're rooted and grounded in Christ, when Christ is our anchor, then. And only then upon this rock, he said, I will build my church. And that's referring to stability. So when I just think about being in Christ, being anchored to Christ, I remember Psalms 91, and this is just the beginning part. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. Now, this is the amplified classic. How delicious is that description? How many of us want to be stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty whom no foe can withstand? That's exactly the prescription I want written for me during these times. I want to be stable and I want to be fixed because only then I can plant my feet in a solid place. So as we continue to just talk about what the vine does, We're going to go ahead as we continue to dive into what stability brings and being in Christ and being an anchor. So we're just looking at the fortitude and the stability. I know that there's a lot of people looking for jobs right now, and you want to have the stability of just being placed in one place and being stable. That's what God can do for you. He can stabilize your world so you won't have to be going to and fro. That's just a prayer for, for everyone. So when we have a stable foundation, we don't have to worry about things shifting. And when things are not shifting and we can look around and see that we're in a stable place, whom shall we fear? When God is for us, whom shall we fear? When we look around, we won't be stricken with panic or have any of these things that are not of Christ because he's our provider, because we're anchored in him, because the root of, of the vine that we're attached to is true and it's stable and we can just take that word to the bank. How good is God?
0: Amen. And you know, when you're in a boat and the anchor is overboard, you cannot see where their anchor is. You can see the rope go overboard, but just like the Lord, you cannot see him with your naked eyes, your physical eyes, but we have to trust that he truly is the true anchor, planting himself deep roots into that seabed as an anchor in the vine. Amen. He's the true vine, and the vine will not be shaken. Remember, the word of God is forever settled. It's fixed in heaven, and Jesus is the word. So it's no coincidence that the same word that's fixed in heaven, that's settled in heaven, is also the true vine that will never move. Amen. And that's Jesus Christ himself. Bless his heart. So we just thank you, Lord, today for this precious message. We thank you, Lord. I thank you for my wife, Catrice. Thank you for your scriptures, Father. Thank you for your word, Lord. And we bless your son, Jesus. We thank you for this message today. Thank you for your Holy Spirit revealing this truth to all these precious souls listening and watching today. And let them be hungry, Lord, for your word and to go ever so close to you in their hearts, opening up their hearts, becoming vulnerable. But it's the most safe vulnerable a person can be, exposing their entire heart to the one that will never fail them, that will never hurt them, the one that is faithful to his word that is forever settled in heaven. God the Father himself, the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit bringing us into an understanding and a knowledge and the wisdom of the truth, and that's the truth of the true vine, the word Jesus himself. Amen. So, that is all the time we have for this episode. We'll be picking this up at the same time next week. If you want prayer requests, we would love to hear from you. Country code 1-407-705-3151. And also to the email box at prayer at world prayer at touchofgod.world you can also find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching for Touch of God Radio so until next week you have have a blessed blessed week week. (laughs) amen amen